cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Yeah, well, well, well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We are thrilled to have you here as we are on location today. And we're heard, of course, now not only uh, all over the world uh, in the podcast form and not only on YouTube all over the world, but we're now heard all across the United States on a number of different radio stations, which we have no idea what, no they, idea are. what they are. But yeah. we'll know eventually. And when, when we do, we'll do that. We'll do some, that Casey some, Kasem thing. You someday know? they'll put us in the loop and yeah, let us know. Yeah. So when they do, we'll do that Casey Kasem thing like uh, smoking and toasting. Just if you're hearing us on the radio stations. for the first time, uh, send us a message and uh, yeah, let, let us, us know, know where, where you're from. Yeah. Our email is st at rfcmedia.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, well, welcome to our 324th show. And this is what our fourth show now, Ian, uh, uh, on the radio. So uh, it's a very exciting time for us as uh, people are hearing... Smoking and toasting for the first time all over the place, driving off the so, road. So it's show number 324.4. There you go. I like that. It's kind of like a star date. From That's right. right. Yeah. So uh, we are on location today. We are in Katy, Texas at the Cigar Exchange. I have to say it's the first time that I've been here. And already I can tell you I love this place. Yeah, it's great, man. Their humidor is uh, it's nice size. It's not huge, but it's really nice size. But most importantly, it's extremely well curated. Yes. What they have selected to offer in there, it's all the right stuff. And that's uh, that's very impressive. And we have, as our special guest today, our returning special guest, I should say, because this, this is the third time. Third time. Right? Yeah. Third uh, time. Mr. Darnell Street, who is a managing partner with Emperor's Cut Cigars. Darnell, welcome to the show again. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It sure is nice to uh, have you guys on. And it's nice to have someone right here in our backyard who's producing high-quality really well-made, well-blended cigars. Thank you guys you. you guys really, uh, really do it right. Thank you. And I know she have a really nice banner. Who's the uh, handsome gentleman with the glasses there? I wish it was me, but he was Photoshopped. I paid, okay. I paid for him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's some guy from, you know, Tennessee or West Virginia or yeah, California someplace. Exactly. Well, he looks the part. I mean, he's got that distinguished kind of vibe going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the glasses make him look, you know, studious. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I, I like it. Yeah. I like. See, yeah, you've got the yeah, studious glasses on too. So, uh, well, welcome. We're excited because you've got something new, don't you? Yes, sir. I'm really excited to be here to share it with you guys. Well, good. This We're is my ex- first podcast doing this as well. Okay, new wow. Product. So you came to us awesome. first. That says that says either something about this show, or it says something about the potential options you may have had. I don't know which, but <laughs> <laughs> but we are honored. We really are. I love you guys. That's uh, why I'm well, it's gonna be awesome. We, we appreciate it. And I know we uh, maybe showed the box off here, but I'm gonna actually pull one of these babies out because I have not yet begun to smoke. And uh, uh, this is a good looking cigar. I see the red on the band. That's different. Is that different from the, uh, from the other emperor's cut? It is. We did a tribute to the Tuskegee airmen. And, and so that's what this top of this. Box, yeah. The top of the box B-roll looks awesome. But uh, yeah, you've got the whole uh, uh, fighter plane there and the Tuskegee airmen. That's very cool. Was there a particular reason that that resonated for you guys to, to do that for the tribute for the cigar. Yes, we uh, we have what we call our heritage brand. And this was our first cigar in the heritage brand. So we thought that we'd do a tribute to the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, I used to be in the Air Force. I have uh, another partner of mine that used to be in the Air Force and we have a Marine. 
So uh, we thought we'd do a tribute to the military guys, and we selected the Tuskegee Airmen as our first one. That's is that a P forty one in the background? I yeah. believe it is, and yes. the red tip on the cigar is for the red tail representing the Tuskegee Airmen. Nice. Very nice. Well, I have a uh, I have a uh, uh, stepson who's uh, going into the Air Force. Yeah. He's All right. Training now to repair planes. Probably not that one, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's very exciting. I, I love the shape of this cigar, and I was just uh, giving it a good. Uh, that's got such a rich tobacco aroma yes. to it. It's just now really, you really reach well. You're going to yeah. love it. I knew I, knew I was gonna, getting ahead of you there, uh, Ian. So I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light that up in a bit. We have, I think, a great show today. We'll uh, talk with the proprietors of the uh, the wonderful cigar lounge and cigar shop here in Katy, Texas, the Cigar Exchange. Uh, we're also going to talk to Darnell about what's been happening with Emperor's Cut, what they did in the blending of this cigar, and we're going to do a little uh, tasting of some fine libations. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start today with uh, a new variation from one of our favorite breweries, Founders Brewery. I love Founders. These guys are so good. They're out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Their all-day IPA, yeah. in my opinion, is probably the standard for sessionable, lower-calorie IPAs. They've now branched out and done a couple of different all days. And we'll be trying their all day Crimson Sky. It's a red IPA. Okay. So we'll be trying that today. It's uh, brand new. Uh, From Oxbow Brewing Company in uh, Newcastle, Maine, uh, we'll be trying their Lapulo. It's a dry hopped pills. Uh, We have a second IPA today. This one from Drecker Brewing Company, their Blacklight Syndicate double IPA, which looks from the can like. Pretty aggressive. So we got a couple of things I've never even heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but I, I actually, I know you've heard of it because I was talking to you about it. Uh, from Martin House Brewing, Fort Worth, Texas. Love them already. Uh, they have a uh, a beer called Big Country. It is a smoked pecan and vanilla stout. Oh, wow. And I've had this, and the second I tasted it, I thought, I've got to bring you in this beer. He's going to awesome. love this. So we'll see if I'm right. So we'll try all of that. Plus, we're one week away from what will be our Cinco de Mayo show. And on our Cinco de Mayo show, we've invited our tequila expert, Liliana Rodriguez, but we've also invited our wine expert, Mark Burrell, who's a huge fan of tequila. And together with the two of them, we'll be doing an Añejo tequila blind taste test. That's going to be way too much fun. Those two personalities together. Oh, yeah. We've never had them in the same room at the same time. I love it. They're they're both so fun. Yeah. And uh, I've taken the liberty of ordering Ubers for everybody already. (laughs) And uh, and we also have some food on hand because uh, (laughs) we're going to be tasting a lot of different Añejo tequilas. And I'm very excited. But with a blind taste test, it'll be interesting because we uh, we can tell you what we think about it without being at all prejudiced by well, what yeah, we without know it to be. Drinking you know? the label, so exactly, to speak. Yeah. Exactly. So really excited. We've done that with several other products. We've done it with light beer. Uh we did it with hard seltzer. That's right. That's right. And uh we didn't do exactly do a blind taste test when we did the malt liquor, but I can just tell you it was all bad. <laughs> it, 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 it was varying degrees of bad, but it was all bad. So yeah, yeah, there's that. Uh, anyway, we are uh, excited to talk about some things today. Uh, cigar lounges are back in North Dakota. This is a major legal victory. Uh, so we'll tell you about that. That's very exciting. And uh, we've got uh, <clears throat> experts have recommended the top five tap rooms in the United States. 
Oh. I thought with summer coming, people are going to be traveling. In the whole United States. Yeah, the whole that's United, a lot, five that's a lot to US narrow down. To just five. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I just thought this would be a good time to share this because as the weather's starting to warm up, people are traveling. You may be yeah. going on vacation, different places. One of these might be in your vicinity uh, as you travel, and you may want to check them out. So uh, all of that is coming up, plus uh, alternatives to the hyped bourbons. And you know what I'm talking about, the hyped bourbons. Right, and right. It doesn't mean the hyped bourbons are bad. But they can be a little expensive, and they can be and hard, hard to, find. to get. Yeah, like, like Whistle Pig, for example. Yeah. Some of their stuff is a little hard to find. So alternatives to hype bourbons is what we're excited to look at. And then, of course, our most popular segment here on the show. Uh, we don't exactly know why it's the most popular, but it certainly seems to be is drinking news, and we'll have that for you today. And our drinking news teaser headline is C is for cookie. It's good enough for me. And we'll get to that uh, coming up a little uh, later now, in the show. Now that song is stuck in my head. <laughs> yes, I know. She is for cookie. It's a great it's song, right? And, you know, I learned so much from Sesame Street. I mean, you learn about language. You learn about uh, tolerance. And, and you learn about the dignity and how to behave. But you also learn a little bit about addiction because a cookie monster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, he's not really hurting himself, but uh, but he's definitely got an issue when it comes to the cookies. Yeah, he, he definitely <laughs> so, yeah, gets into so, the cookie. Yeah, so so it's an important uh, you know, it's an important thing to uh, to begin to form those values, you know, when you're a child. Like, yeah, I can't be quite like a cookie monster, but I used to used to love him. All right, Ian. Talk about something so I can clip my cigar. Okay, I'm going to talk about how fantabulous. Uh, I love this box with uh, the P51 yeah. and the whole airman on top of it. And the cigar is uh, just taunting me. Now i got to wait for you to clip yours so I can get mine. Well, yeah. You know what? Do you have a, a cutter again? Oh, uh, you know what? This one's one of the ones with, with, a, uh, with a back on it. There's, a, there's a cutter right here. And I actually uh, have one of these at home that I use all the time that I got. I think the first time you guys were on the show, you gave me one of those. That was mighty generous of me. It was very generous. All right. Yeah. Generous kind of guy. I like you guys. Well, we we love you. We love having you on. I know I'm not Mike, so uh, keep going in. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I thought, I'm just like going on because I was like, oh, well, you know, when we're in the mic. studio, of course, we don't have to hold the mic. Right, right. But here we're handheld, and so it's it's important to get uh, important to get everything into the and mic. You get, because, need to get like a. We used to play years ago uh, with this band from. Uh, from uh, New Orleans, and the guy, the drummer, wore a bicycle helmet that he had fixed a oh, goose. Yeah, yeah, he fixed I, a gooseneck too, and I've had a mic out in front. Are you? You're not talking about cowboy mouth, are you? No, there was. It was. They were called rutabaga. Oh, okay. I've heard of rutabaga, <laughs> but I think the the drummer was a singer in cowboy mouth, and he used yes, to do yes. the same thing yeah. too. I think, uh, especially when he wanted to go like away from the drum set and start like crawling all over the side of the stage and all that stuff. They were they were a pretty wild band live. Never quite put it down on record. The way the live show. I just, I'd, I'd have to figure out how to do the, the microphone with the gooseneck and yeah. then the two beer cans. Well, on and you top. see the guys that do that with a camera, right? They <laughs> put that camera on the gooseneck and then you get that fish eyed look oh, yeah, as yeah. they're riding a bike or whatever yeah. they're doing. It's, 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 uh, it's actually pretty cool. So, a lot to talk about on the uh, program today. And uh, just and when we take our break here in just a moment, I'm going to light this bad boy up and we'll, uh, we'll uh, have our first sampling of the. Um, what does it say? The red, uh, the red, red tail. tail, red tail series. Yes. Uh, the Emperor's Cut. That's a tribute to the Tuskegee Airmen, and that is, you know, you know how some boxes you buy a box of cigars. Once you smoke the cigars, you're like, well, I've, I've got several cigar boxes. I don't need to keep this. This one you're going to keep. 
because yeah, it's that's it's a, just that's such great a great looking. It's almost like a collector's uh, uh, collector's looking box. There, we would hope someone would say that. That's what yeah. we wanted you to keep the box. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> really very tastefully done. I love the the matte black surface. It's just it's just very very cool. So excited to start smoking this, finding out a little more about what's going on at Emperor's Cut because you guys are a true boutique cigar company that is uh that is not you know you're not out there everywhere but you're i know your reach is growing right yes sir we're we're growing we're in 132 cigar locations and shops around the country we're also featured in total wines and uh 38 stores that's nice, and oh, nice. As we sell more we get more stores sure you get more people uh, more people taking you up on yes, it yeah sir. i i love it well we want to we really like the cigars so we want to help uh, push that out there a little bit and for those of you who uh are listening somewhere where they don't have them. This is something to keep an eye out for because these guys are going to continue to spread the cigar love around the country and uh, and hopefully around the world, I would guess. so. We want to. All right. We're, we're going to find out a little more about that coming up. Plus, uh, I mentioned cigar lounges, but it's like where we are now. They're back in North Dakota. This is one of those major legal victories, and I am very excited about sharing this with you because, uh, you know, we seem to lose a lot of these legal tug of wars yeah. around the country especially the ones that are in the local areas and and you know some city council has passed some sort of ban well the, and, the unfortunate the side the unfortunate you know? side is too cigar smoke gets gets lumped in with all whole, other smoking all, all the, and vaping know, and everything and else it, it's a very different critter it, it really and is, uh, so. and should be treated thusly but they they, think, they hear the word smoke yeah. You know. Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and we will be back. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to light up these Emperor's Cut special cigars and uh, tell you a little bit about what these offer when they are first lit up and we're first starting to smoke them. Because that's an important part of the cigar experience. We'll be right back. It's Smoking a Toast. In the beginning, I saw the story go. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I do want to take a moment to say hello and welcome to people who are hearing us for the first time. Because I know we have first-time listeners and viewers on every show as the podcast goes. But now we have uh, first people who are hearing us for the first time on the radio around the country. So we want to welcome you. And if you want to let us know who you are. Uh, what you like, what your favorite beer or spirit or cigar is, or all three, uh, and just have us mention you, shout you out on the show. We'd love to do that. So we are at, send your emails to st at rfcmedia.com. That's st at rfcmedia.com. And by the way, we do an email bag segment now uh, from time to time on the show where we'll answer your questions about cigars or spirits or relationship advice yeah, absolutely uh what kind of music you should be uh looking for and listening to um certain music pairs yeah, well yeah. with cigars yeah, absolutely uh we'll stay away from politics but pretty much anything else we're happy to get into so <laughs> All right uh so that's the way we like to do it all right so we are at the uh wonderful cigar exchange in katy texas and ian has already got the uh, emperor's cut cigar lit tell me I'm what, already, you're, I'm tell me what you're getting it's, well i'm loving it already i'm getting like a really nice uh almost a white pepper kind of uh, feel in my mouth right off the initial light and a, a really nice uh, classic tobacco kind of feel. I don't know how else to describe it than that, but sometimes you get that super classic tobacco like note that you get here. What is yes. the blend on this? What is the... So the wrapper is San Andrea mm -hmm. and the filler is uh, Sumatra Ecuadorian. And I really appreciate you saying you're getting that kind of classic cigar smoke. 
that's exactly what we were going for. We were trying to recreate kind of in that period piece. Yeah, it's got a little pepper. It's got a little a little bit of campfire in the best way. A little bit of then that classic tobaccos. It's real hard the, to. I think the describe. Ecuadorian Sumatra is, uh, you know, and I, when I first started smoking cigars, I just knew, oh, I kind of like this. Like I didn't know anything about right. what tobacco had what characteristics. But as I've tried different things, the Ecuadorian Sumatra has a tendency, in my view, to deliver that kind of classic tobacco. What you might think of as a sort of a classic Cuban tobacco kind of flavor. It's a very earthy it, it, it kind gets, of thing going absolutely, on. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. it's so much of how the tobacco taste is about the soil where it's grown, mm -hmm. the terroir, as the uh, oh, wine getting and, fancy. And people would say. Yeah. <laughs> Using words uh, where you don't pronounce letters. So so tell me again, the wrapper is? The wrapper is San Andrea. Uh-huh. That's and so the, good. the filler is, uh, uh, San, San, I'm sorry, the wrapper is San Andrea, mm -hmm. and the filler is uh, Sumatra Ecuadorian. And it's just it's just a wonderful combination, and it's a little different. You know, I smoke a lot of Nicaraguan cigars, and this has a little different flavor profile. But it does have a full. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that it's full bodied, but it's definitely full flavored. If that makes sense, it's it's definitely. I would say right off the bat, just from the initial, this is falling in somewhere in the medium range. Mm -hmm. But it's also like just a few puffs in, uh, it started to settle down almost immediately, and gathering a little bit of a nuttiness kind of to it. As Agreed. Well. I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of nuttiness, a bit of wood. I would almost say like an oak uh, that's kind of filtering in on the tongue, and it's it's a it's a very pleasant cigar. And I got to tell you, um, this is one because we're in the uh, uh, the blue lounge here right. uh, at the uh, at the at the cigar exchange. I can tell you that the room note on these is fabulous because you guys had yours lit before I got mine lit, <laughs> yes. and I was like, oh. I'm loving that. So room note can be important, especially if you smoke cigars like out with friends or other people who are not smokers. Right. Some cigar room notes are are more off-putting to them, and some are the ones where they're likely to say to you, ooh, I like that, the way that smells. And this, this exactly. to me, is one of those. It's got a very nice... Very nice room note to it. Ian, anything else you're picking up? Yeah, well, so like outside of the flavor, uh, the construction on this is beautiful. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I got a nice, clean burn line. Yeah, the burn line's nice. The uh, the feel of the cigar, you got a little oiliness, a little leathery kind of feel to it. And then it's it's uh, a little past a medium firmness in the roll overall. Mm -hmm. It feels very well constructed. I agree. Um, and I love torpedoes. I don't smoke enough torpedoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a tendency to smoke mostly Toros, but whenever right. I smoke a torpedo, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yes. This is, this is just, there's something elegant about it. Yes. So being able to have that slightly smaller space that you draw the smoke in through, it really kind of uh, intensifies the flavors to me. So. Well, it's such a classy-looking cigar, too. It absolutely is. The label you guys have, the, the logo you guys have, is, is a very classy-looking logo. Yes, it like is. You have on your shirt there. And, yeah, nice. and I want to ask you about that. We'll do this when we come back because we got to take a quick break. But I want to ask you about the logo and about what's happening now with you guys at Emperor's Cut. Plus, it's time for beer, guys. This segment coming up. Right. Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars heard all over the United States on the radio and, of course, listened to around the world on uh, in podcast form. This being our 324th show, which is a lot of cigars, a lot of beers, and a lot of spirits in our, uh, in our time. So 
it's it's a pretty cool thing. We are live today, or uh, on location today, I should say, at the Cigar Exchange in Katy, Texas. My first time to be in here. I really love this place. Already a fan. Already will be coming back and doing some shopping. And our guest is Darnell Street. He is the managing partner of Emperor's Cut Cigars. That's what we're smoking. Uh, Darnell, this is a, a really nicely complex blend with a great combination of flavors. Tell us now. Uh, I, I want to make sure I heard you correct. Is this another edition of a blend you guys already do, or is this a brand new blend that you did for this uh, particular scar? This is a brand new blend. We worked on so. this blend for about seven to eight months, and we started a new series in our cigar collection called the Heritage Series. And we intend to develop uh, several cigars under that line. Mm-hmm. And the first uh, maiden cigar was the Red Tail. Okay. And and the Red Tail is the one that we're smoking here. Will this be a limited release, or is this something you will continue to have available? So we, we did a limited release, but our customers absolutely love it. And they've emailed us and asked, when can they get more? <laughs> yeah. And because of popular demand, we should have the second round of cigars being released probably about the third week of April. I want to go back to something. I'm you sorry, s- third week of th- third week, week of, of May. Of May. Yep. I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said it took you seven to eight months to get the blend, tweak the blend, get it the way you want it. This is one of the reasons that I would love if I had the money to start a cigar company like these guys have done. Just to- that seven to eight months of trying it and going. Well, I think we're almost there. Let's tweak it a little bit. How fun would that be? Ian, your job today is to smoke two of these and see if you think it's better than the last batch and if it's what we uh, what we want to ultimately. Re- I love the concept of that whole guys, process. Do you guys have uh, uh, one main uh, person who does the blends, or is it kind of a everyone tries it and then puts in their uh, puts right. in their input? So we have a group effort. Uh, where we are blending the cigars, we have a master blender to guide us, but we call it baking a cake. Mm. So we will come up with some initial concepts, scratch off a few that don't work, uh, get some test cigars going, and then through several iterations, we get to that aha moment where right. this is the one, yeah, nice. and we'll let it rest for a month or two, come back to it and go, yes, this is the one. Darnell, where do you guys have these actually rolled? Because I'm looking at an almost perfect burn line, and I'm looking at Ian's, and yeah. his is just no spectacular yeah. as well. Yours is, I mean, this is one of the problems that I think smaller boutique cigar companies can run into is they can get a blend that they really like, but because they're outsourcing the the rolling and, and the actual construction of the cigars, it can be hard to get the quality that you're looking yeah, for. Quality control you guys have too. clearly done it here. Absolutely. So we look at the supply chain. We work with La Aurora. And their master blender, Manuel Anoa. He's really oh. taken us under his wing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's you enough. had me at Manuel Anoa. That's enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I get it. No, those guys know what they're doing. Yes. I mean, uh, this, this is, aren't they the oldest non Cuban cigar company? In the business, La I don't know. The, I don't know the history, but I know that every time I picked up a La Aurora cigar, they're fantastic, and they're also celebrating their you know 960th yeah, anniversary yeah, they, or something like that. Yeah. I'm exaggerating, but uh, but it's uh, no. Uh, uh, now I understand because those guys really do have it. So so great choice for you guys. That's uh, that that's terrific. Um, you mentioned that this is the first. In your heritage series. Yes, sir. So there will be more, I take it. There will be more. We're working on a few concepts now, and uh, we'll look to uh, put in, put another one in the marketplace maybe in a couple of months. That's great. That's fantastic. And you also mentioned you had 
people already responding to this. Uh, have you guys been building up like an email list or how do you how do you hear that kind of feedback from your customers? So we have a, a mailing list, like you said, and then we do, you know, a little bit of advertising. And because we're in 130 some lounges around the country, we usually put some samples out to some of our key lounges mm-hmm. so that their customers can give us can feedback. And so, yeah, yeah, we try to make it work and then we try to get that ground swell. And then that determines really how many cigars we put into production based on the demand. Um, I'm curious as to, uh, is, is that an email list that people can join? Yes, sir. They can go to www.empress-cut.com and join the mailing list. And you may get one of my partners reach out to you and ask you, would you like to you know, participate in some of our product development. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. I love it. See, that's that's what you get from a smaller boutique cigar company. You're not going to get it from General Cigar. They can't do something like that. You this know? is but, groundwork and very organic at the same absolutely. time. Absolutely. Ian, you have poured a beer that you are way ahead of me on because I can tell you started I'm doing research. research. Yes, I'm doing research this on this is, beer. This is Founders All Day. Crimson, Crimson Sky. Sky IPA. Yes. And so the, the regular Founders All Day IPA like I said, I think at the top of the show, as far as I'm concerned, it kind of sets the gold standard for sessionable, low-calorie, uh, low-carb IPAs. Tell me your thoughts on this one while I uh, My thoughts on it. So the all-day IPA is a good beer. This is a great beer. Oh, you like it better? Yes. Wow. Okay. So great So beer. tell this, me what it is that really lights you up about so this. So this has a, a beautiful, bitter finish. Mm-hmm. And I say that in the best possible way. It has this Reminds beautiful, me a little of an ESP. Finish. Yes, very much. It has almost that kind of uh, that kind of finish to it, uh, but it also has this round, malty, and uh, fruity kind of thing going on right at the first sip. Yeah, that makes it really, really outstanding. This, you're, you're right. It's got a little bit of that hop bitter snap on the end, but the first thing you get is kind of fruit and malt. Yeah, this is this is one that I'll I'll definitely reach for. I like the uh, all day IPA. But the All Day Crimson Sky, I hadn't heard of this one, and uh, I'll be reaching out for more of this. I also love they got the old Woody Station Wagon yeah, on the front of it. Yeah, which they have on the regular All Day IPA as well, but they stayed with that theme, which yeah, is kind of yeah. cool. Uh, Darnell, are you an IPA guy? I don't remember from yeah, our previous... Uh, I do. I'm all, uh, I love IPAs. Uh, I love anything that goes down good with a cigar. Mm-hmm. I mm. find the same. It's crisp. It's got a good bitterness to it in the front end, but it's very clean. Well, and it is true that and we talk about this... That some IPAs do fight with the cigar a little bit, but this one's going nicely with this. The, it it still has the bitter, but it doesn't make the cigar bitter, which is right. an important thing. Because there are some IPAs that, quite frankly, I love, just, just don't but they go just well, don't yeah. go well with the cigar. So I don't have those when I'm, uh, you know, when I'm enjoying the smoke. But it, it brings uh, out, uh, it brings out like the cigar uh, on its own is starting to develop. Uh, like I mentioned the nuttiness earlier, there's also the, the wood, the oakiness that mm-hmm. you mentioned, but it's also got a toast, kind of a bread yes. and toast kind of thing going on. I was going to say a, a little bit of a creaminess, but you're, that describes and it better. And it's lightened up a little bit where I thought it was going to be a medium cigar. Now it's definitely in the medium uh, to the, the, uh, to the lighter the, side, the of light medium. to medium mm-hmm. range, the kind of, uh, but it's still very full flavored. And my, my biggest reason for not smoking as many lighter bodied cigars is I just don't get as much flavor out of a lot. Right. Of it. This one is that wonderful exception where you get a really nice, big mouthful of, of flavor and different uh, parts of the uh, of the different notes that you're getting in the cigar with every puff, even though it's a lighter body. I, I would say I don't know that I would call it a light bodied cigar 
on its own. I think it's a little deceptive. I think it's a cigar that's a little closer to medium, but mm-hmm. if light-bodied cigars are your thing and you want just a little kiss of spice in there, I think you could easily transition yeah. to this one. Where do you put that on the... Yeah, we, we definitely make our cigars medium body. You know, full to medium. Over time, the bit of fullness that we may get will translate back down into medium body right. but as with they the, mellow out a as they bit. mellow out a little bit over time so we like to say we're right in the middle in terms of the uh blend the the firmness of it yeah um so it was interesting while we we're sipping this craft beer and i love i love founders they were they were an early discovery because not only do they do these great ipas but they're they're uh uh, strong ales and uh, oh, they're, and, and they're, their breakfast they're stout. Porter, their oh, breakfast amazing. stout are yeah. legendary. I mean, these guys really uh, know the what Dirty they're doing. Bastard yeah. is one of my absolute go tos. And so it's interesting that you mentioned Dirty Bastard because that ties in to this next thing that I read this week that's really, really interesting. That basically says, when it comes to craft beer, bad names are best. <laughs> and it talks about the roots of craft beer. And uh, it talks about the fact that back in 2012, and we were doing the show back then, we talked about this extensively when it happened, that an AB InBev and Miller Coors, between them, gobbled up so many smaller brands that together they control about 90% of the beer market. That's crazy. So there's so many of these great independent breweries out there, but the real bulk comes from AB InBev yeah. and, and Miller Coors. I was at a great little restaurant last night my wife and i went to see a play downtown and we stopped this great little restaurant i had a they had this amazing pizza but i had to get on to them about their beer selection they had this whole cooler and other than dos Equis and corona it was all ab and bev oh wow so oh i take that back they had one saint arnold beer lawnmower which is what i got you know but uh but it's just, you know. Yeah, but that's that's phoning it in when you have one local. You're, well, and that's the reason these guys control so much of the market yeah. is places like that are using only their uh, beers, whether it's their macros or the other ones that they create. But basically, the craft beer movement that's outside of those guys has discovered basically that, um, <clears throat> according to a new study, that offerings like Ugly Pug from yeah, Ryan yeah. Sons or I Hate My Boss Coffee Stout, the names that reflect that kind of independence. Uh, 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 Backwoods Bastard or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dirty, Dirty Bastard, Bastard from yeah. uh, Founders. Those have a tendency to be more important in many cases for sales than even how the beard tastes. Now, there's wines and spirits with weird names. Uh, uh, there's, you know, Bog Monster Gin, and there's a actually a Sauvignon Blanc uh, wine called cat pee on a gooseberry bush i don't know that i would buy that there's a there's a uh, scotch called peat monster as well yeah and and cannabis they've got strange yeah, like yeah. you know grandpa's breath and unicorn poop and stuff like that <laughs> but breath. but what we're discovering in craft beer is that these these kind of outrageous names have a tendency to draw people in yeah yeah and, and i admit i'm the same way you look at it on the shelf you're like well i have to try that <laughs> you know dirty bastard come on what how could I not try that? You know, so uh, so anyway, it's an interesting trend. And now the next time you go into your favorite craft beer store, think about that as you're looking at the beers and see how many of them fall into that category. Right. It's more than you might think. Even as even you know here in Houston, which is our hometown, um, there are several great craft breweries that use the whole space and astronaut 
theme. Yeah, absolutely. As, well, there's, the, there's a whole brewery called Bad Astronaut. Well, that's what I was getting at. Their whole name is Bad Astronaut. There's oh, wow. a true anomaly. Yeah, right, right, yeah. They're, so they're going for all of that from the very beginning. So and you got Eighth Wonder with Haterade. Right, right. Haterade. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and what is the beer? There's a beer out of Dallas that uh, there's a brewery out of Dallas that brews a beer called Oklahoma Sucks. Yeah, it's Martin House. Actually. Oh, is that Martin House? <laughs> yeah, it was that? Martin House. Those guys. Yeah, they they got it. And uh, you know, one of our favorites uh, here in our area. Uh, ingenious. They they have some amazingly crazy beer names too. So so you see it all over the place, and you'll find it really anywhere you go. Later on in the show, we're going to bring you a, a new list by supposed experts of the top five tap rooms in the United States. And I'm really anxious to get to this. I think it's going to be really interesting. They've experts. narrowed it down to five, and of course. I could I give you I've my five, to... and I could call myself an expert. Right, right. I wonder just if I've the been to any been of to, them. That would, right. That'll be interesting to see. Do we do what? If I've, I've been to any of those mm. tap rooms, it'd be interesting to see. Well, we will find out about that actually uh, fairly, fairly shortly on the program. Also, still to come on today's show, uh, we mentioned drinking news. We'll be getting to that. We're going to have uh, a chat with uh, with Ben, who is the proprietor here, the owner of the uh, uh, cigar uh, lounge and uh, shop here in Katy called Cigar Express. And I'm, I'm really Cigar excited. Exchange. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, I hate that I screwed that up. Cigar Exchange. But we want to talk to him because I think it's probably harder than ever to do what he has done. I can tell by walking through his humidor. You can go out and start a cigar store. And you can rent the space and you can you know, get some cigars and bring them in. But to get the quality that he's got. Yeah. A lot of shops I see this size, they're a little bit smaller cigar shops, just don't I mean they may have a few great things, uh, but they don't seem to be as well represented as what he's done. So I want to find out how he did it. Like uh, you yeah. know, because well, I'm not even sure how long the, the shop has been here. Just right. from the, uh, it's I was talking to him. Well, he'll talk he'll talk all about that. But it's been here for a year and a half now, I believe. Um, oh my gosh, then I'm even more and, uh, and I and I think this is a, this is a thing we'll definitely want to talk to him and talk to you about, especially is is the distribution side of it. Right. Uh, there there are big companies uh, that if you. Um, if you want their cigar on your shelf, you have to dedicate X amount of your humidor to, their to that. David David But not like they don't have their own stores where they have about 90% of the shelf space. <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, and David O's great cigars, but but they're also very pricey and, and they don't work in every market. So, okay. like, being able to do, uh, like, like, like he's done and really hand choose what he has in there, what he knows his customers are going to appreciate. I think yeah. that's a yeah. great, he's thing. done an amazing job. And that's what the average consumer doesn't realize the amount of capital that goes into stock right. Right. the humidor. And, oh yeah. And the outrageous the, amounts, you know, the hurdles you've got to jump through to get the stuff Correct. that you really want in there. So we'll talk to him about that coming up. Uh, we'll talk a little more about emperor's cut and uh, what what you guys are doing with the company that I think is so fantastic. And our guest is Darnell Street. Uh, he's the managing partner with Emperor's Cut Cigars. And by the way, big thanks to our guest from last week, the one and only Chris Morris, our smoking and toasting oh, cocktail blast. expert, who was a lot of fun. Uh, so if you haven't uh, heard last week's show, go check it out on YouTube or on uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This is Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. So, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. I don't know if you could hear that because we didn't have it mic'd, but Ian, that was an almost perfect... Oh, you did have it mic'd. That was an almost perfect beer can open yes. sound effect. Uh, here at Smoking and Toasting, of course, 
we do all our own sound effects. It's kind of like the guys that do all their own stunt work. We do all our own sound effects. And it's, it's one of the things we pride ourselves on. Darnell Street with uh, Emperor's Cut Cigars is here. We're smoking the new uh, Emperor's Cut. Um, red Tail. Yeah, it's a Red Tail. This one is a, a tribute to the Tuskegee Airmen. Beautiful cigar box, which Thank we you. absolutely love. Uh, Darnell, we were talking a little bit about you guys being a boutique cigar company. So right. you, you go out, you get a... Uh, uh, you get a new account somewhere, right? And you get your cigars in their humidor for the first time. How, what what can you do as a company to let that shop's customers know something about your cigars? Because they come in, they see all the names they recognize. They don't recognize yours because they're seeing it for the first time. Uh, how do you convince that that cigar lover to uh, to give you a chance and try one of them? Well, what we'll do, we'll come in, uh, we'll pre-plan some type of light event. To introduce the cigar, we'll spend maybe two weeks promoting the cigar uh, online into the adjacent area. And then we'll come in and we will literally shake every hand we can and convince you to buy our cigar. And the beautiful part about it, we usually have one or two customers that's been smoking the other brands. We draw them into the conversation to say, hey, tell your buddy what you think about this cigar. So Mm -hmm. we use customers on top of customers to draw into it. uh, I was going to ask you this. As a black-owned company, do you find that the uh, African-American cigar community is, you know, interested in supporting you beyond – in other words, does that give them an incentive uh, to try uh, these cigars? It, it does. It gives us a, a slight incentive. And I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, a small percentage. But at the end of the day, they're like other consumers – if you've got a bad product, maybe more than I want to hear, they'll let you know, <laughs> like really quick. No, it's 100% true. Right. They vote it, it with their really dollars, is. and so uh, yeah. you've got to be good. It's it's really good, though, because we talk a lot about the need for diversity mm-hmm. in craft beer, in cigars, in, in the spirits industry. Right. And it's so great to see guys like you who are getting out there and, you know, your, your marketing, your boxes, none of this says, you know, America's black-owned cigar company. Right. But- at the at the core of what you do, it's so great to see you guys getting out there, helping to diversify this industry. And like you said, the quality is there, so people, you know, people are going to come back to the cigars because of how good they yeah, are. Yeah, really, all it takes is you know, let me try one cigar, right. and, mm-hmm. and then I'm in. You know, and we've tried now. How many cigars are in your line right now? We have the uh, natu- uh, Empress Cut Natural Pleasure, our first line that you looked at. Our second one, one yeah. the Jazz, yeah. probably was show jazz. number the two. Jazz, yes. Love the Jazz. And yes. we have uh, another brand that we had called Indulgence, and yes. I think we had it in a manufacturing, and we, we probably had the box and not the cigar. And then this is our latest cigar, the Red Tail. So you guys are really growing at a nice clip. And I don't know if you can answer this or not, and it's totally fine if, if you're not comfortable doing it, but but what kind of investment does it take to launch a company like you guys have done? Because it's very impressive what you've accomplished. I'm just curious how much you had to spend to make this happen. Well, we're going into our sixth year. So to give you an example, we've, uh, we've put a, a few hundred thousand dollars into growing the brand, and we still are trying to grow our market share to become very cash flow positive. So we think the journey is another year or two. We're trying to grow the brand and not just grow, just not have a cigar company right. where we sell cigars. We want to grow the brand so that when you see it, oh, Empress Cut is quality. Yeah, you see that logo. That logo is a great logo. And I so you're taking your revenue and pouring it we're right pouring back in. We're pouring it all back in. We want to grow the brand. We're in for it for the long haul. 
we like maybe one day uh, Laura Aurora, somebody come by and scoop us up. Did uh, did COVID affect you guys in terms of sales? Actually, COVID was good for us because uh, people, I've heard that from several cigar mm-hmm. Yeah, they were home and mm-hmm. so they couldn't get out. They had extra money. And the more we promoted, the more cigars we sold. It was probably one of our best years. It's it's really interesting because for so many businesses, it was really really tough. For the cigar industry, it was uh, it was not. We haven't had to, we haven't had time to really talk about this, but I just want to say I really love this dry hopped pills called the Pulo. It's good. Uh, it's right on the right on the edge of being a, an IPA. Yeah, uh, uh, because it's got enough. It's real uh, crispy and yeah, real crispy yeah. with and hoppy as well. Uh, and these good. this is from um, this is from Oxbow Brewing Company. They mm-hmm. are out of Newcastle, Maine, and uh, uh, this is. This is though I think is really delicious and refreshing. Lupulo is an unfiltered yeah. pills brewed with European malts and noble hops. Is that noble hops is so mm-hmm. good? Mm-hmm. Um, named after the Italian word for hop, this Italian style pills is an homage to the hop forward pale lagers produced in Italy. Yeah, it, it does have a little bit of that Italian beer uh, flavor to it, so uh, I like it. We'll talk a little bit more about it when we come back, and also when we come back, we want to talk to the proprietors of this uh, cigar shop. I want to find out how they get it this cool in such a short amount of time. It's smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Smoking and toasting is our program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Heard I all love those over things. the United States in uh, on great radio stations. We don't know which ones, but we will know eventually. And uh, we're also heard all over the world in our uh, uh, award-winning podcast. Uh, so I, I call it award-winning because uh, my good friend Dave Murphy gave me an award for the podcast. He thought it was really great. And uh, he said, here, I'm going to give you an award. And you know what he did? He bought me a really, really good cigar. And that was my award. So we are now Congrats. award-winning. Congratulations. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Uh, we also, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Smoking and Toasting, has a very distinct, very big distinction among podcasts. Uh, I we read recently a report that said of all the podcasts ever, only four percent are still active and produced an episode last week. Thereby, we can now absolutely truthfully claim that Smoking and Toasting is in the top four percent of all podcasts in the world. Congrats! There you go. Right. <laughs> so congratulations. It's to reaching, us. but it's okay. And and. Uh, Ben, I want to say congratulations to you because I didn't know until Darnell told us how long you've been open here at Cigar Exchange. Right. Right. Yeah. We've been here a year and five months. So it's even more impressive to me now how how well-rounded your selection is in the humidor because, you know, we go to cigar shops of all kinds. There's the ones that have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of right, different brands right. and have a huge humidor. Uh, the neighborhood shops that are more the size of yours, I'll tell you, yours is one of the best selections, the best curated selections of cigars that I have seen in a shop that's more of a neighborhood shop like yours. And I'm telling you, I understand that that's not easy. Right. uh, Right. Because uh, we were talking about all of the things that that you have to do to – to be able to get that kind of a selection. Uh, some of the brands, they don't know you when you're brand new. Right, they don't right. know if you're going to be there in six months. They right. they don't know if you're going to, you know, actually pay the bill when you order the cigars. <laughs> you know, there's right. all of those things. And it can be difficult to set up these accounts. Plus, a lot of them will then say, 
well, if you're going to carry our cigars, we've got to have X amount of your shelf space in your, in your humidor. Correct. So I, I, all of that makes it really threading a needle, I think, right. to come up right. with a cigar. So without giving away too many secrets, how did you manage to, to make the, uh, the selection that impressive? Ah, good question. So how we initially did it when we opened, we didn't fill our cigar, uh, the humidor. We, uh, we got some of the top brands in there. Mm-hmm. And what we did was, as when we opened, as our customers came in, as our uh, membership started to grow, we actually started buying what our customers wanted. What they were asking what for. What they were asking mm-hmm. for. And so that's how we pretty much populated the Humidor. Well, I'm, I'm taking a look at the brands in there. You know, it's, it's not just the big sort of brands that you see everywhere. Right. Uh, you've got some of those brands, some mm-hmm. of the, some of the mm-hmm. major mm-hmm. ones, but you've also got, you know, you've got A.J. Fernandez stuff, mm-hmm. you've got Rocky Patel stuff, mm-hmm. and a nice broad selection of it. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Patrons. something. Yeah, but the Patrons, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the the really cool boutique stuff like Emperor's Cut. Correct. And uh, how, how, you know, not to put you on the spot, but how does this guy's stuff sell here? Does it sell well? I tell you, uh, Emperor's Cut is one of our best sellers. That is awesome. It, it is one of our best sellers. Um, we started out with the uh, the jazz series and the natural pleasures. Love the jazz, and series. the jazz series just took off. Yeah. You know, um, and we um, Darnell and team were a great team. When they came out, they were one of the best suppliers we met. Right? That's so cool. I'm not saying that just because he's sitting on side <laughs> of me here, but <laughs> they were. They were. They were. They were. They were uh, transparent, and so we were fortunate enough. Uh, the red tail. We were one of the few just to initially come out with the red tail, mm-hmm. and we did a nice campaign for that. And the red tail just took off as well. How long have you had the red tail on your shelf? We started in was it January or February? Uh, actually, November. November. Oh, yeah. it was November. Yeah, wow, we so, started in November. So and and one of the things that if this is one of your best sellers, this has to be because your customers are trying it. They're liking it. And they're coming back again. So this is this is a repeat customer thing. Am I it's right? a re- repeat customer thing, and uh, word of mouth is, mm-hmm. is how we've done everything here. Even even grow the business. We we as I mentioned to you earlier, yeah, we did the advertising, we did all mm-hmm. that, and it was okay. But yeah. uh, providing a, a nice lounge, providing a good selection of cigars, um, and then Empress Cut came to us with a good following as well. Yeah, are you seeing as you know, over the past several years, as cigar prices have climbed a bit, are you seeing that causing people to taper off a little bit? Are they being more selective? What kind of an impact does it have on the humidor and the cash register? Uh, so for us, year and a half in, cigar prices have gone up twice. And so you take into effect the the, the prices going up uh, and this current environment what mm-hmm. we're seeing is we're still seeing our customer base come in mm-hmm. um where they have they, they may be buying fewer cigars so fewer cigars fewer per, c- per trip per yeah. trip uh yeah. they're still buying their favorite sticks they're still buying their cigars but they may buy less you know when the whole inflation thing started to climb i really tried going okay i can smoke less expensive cigars and tried to back it down a little bit mm-hmm. you know that didn't last too long. I got to be honest with you; <laughs> it, it really didn't. I mean, not not to say that there's not some good, inexpensive cigars out there, but man, when you want that experience, mm-hmm. you don't want a sort of a lesser experience. Am I right? Well, your palate, right? Your palate, right. your palate is elevated, and it's kind of hard. Yeah, I know. It's I almost kinda... wish I had. It was back when I just started. I was like, <laughs> oh, this stuff is pretty good. Now I would right. be like, eh, uh, not yeah, so I've much. had better. 
Not so much. We had an uh, interesting conversation before uh, before we got the show set up. I showed up a little earlier and had a cigar, and we were chatting. And uh, one of the things that we talked about was uh, cigar shop etiquette. Oh, man. <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> I love that. Um, and, and one of the things that came up, so if you're listening to this, uh, a little bit of sh- cigar shop etiquette. When you walk into a cigar shop, don't open up your humidor that you walked in with and, and smoke one of those cigars. Oh, yeah, it's just bad form. That's yes. it's bad etiquette. And and, and he like it, you mentioned like you don't walk into a bar and bring your own beer, right? You know, yeah. you know, like it just doesn't make any it, sense. It's not BYOC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't go to your favorite seafood restaurant and you bring your own fish, right? That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Now, if it's one of the places that has lockers, you can smoke the cigars you've got in your locker, but. Yeah, but that's that's, that's different. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. You 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 purchased a locker. You pay monthly or right. yearly. And that's right. You purchased a locker. Correct. What about uh, etiquette of just when people hang out? One of the things that I've noticed. You tell me if you find this true or, or not. Is that the cigar lounge is one of those places where differences don't seem to be such a big deal. I see people of different ethnicities, people of different political persuasions, just hanging out talking about what they have in common which is the love of cigars or maybe sports or or other things do you find that to be true i mean it's such a weirdly divided country in so many ways right now is the cigar lounge maybe one of the last best places to just hang with people and get along what do you think so for me uh cigars is a common denominator right right i mean it's something that everybody has in common everybody loves cigars and what we see here at the lounge is we have a very diverse clientele. And mm-hmm. when people walk in, the environment that uh, we've set here at, at, at Cigars Change is when everybody walk in, you feel comfortable. Yeah. And so we have a very diverse audience. I mean, you come in here on Fridays. I mean, the guys were sitting there, we're talking sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the week, we got to have gentlemen and ladies come in and work on their laptops on their lunch hour, sure. closing Love themselves that. out for the day. So, yes, cigars is a common denominator. You have a very inclusionary feel here, too. Like, your whole front area is nice and open with these beautiful, comfortable chairs. Mm -hmm. So, you don't feel like when you walk in, you have to be part of some kind of club. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, this was more of a deal 10, 15 years ago when you walked into certain places. You could buy a cigar. But if you wanted to go sit in a lounge, you couldn't unless you were a member. And and that's changed. This is a different kind of thing. You have your members and you have a membership area. As a matter of fact, we're sitting in one of the membership areas right, right now. Correct. Um, and, and there's a, there's a definite, um, there's a definite advantage to that for, for certain people who want to go back there and like do their thing and that kind of thing. But out front, you've got this great social area. You had great music playing. You had a nice Sono system. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> so. And, and I was at home immediately when I walked in because he's, because he's got a framed and signed Hakeem Olajuwon jersey. <laughs> that's awesome. Come on. That's, that's just about as awesome as it gets right, right there. Right. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I, I feel like, uh, the whole inclusionary thing that you mentioned that that's what I love so much about a great cigar lounge. And this place is a wonderful yeah. example of Thank that. You, Thank you just you. feel welcome when you walk in, Appreciate you know, that. uh, whether it's just somebody nodding at you and smiling yeah. or saying hello, or just, you know, it's, and it's not one of those things where you feel like somebody's going to follow you into the humidor yeah. and, and pressure yeah. you to buy the most expensive cigar in there. Right. You know, it's just it's just got a nice sort of a friendly and an open feel to it. And to me, that sets the tone right. for what happens when you're just hanging with somebody you maybe just met smoking a cigar together in the lounge. That is correct. That's, that's where it all that's where it all comes mm-hmm. from. 
What I love about here is that it's very, it's got a nice family undertone. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in the public side a lot. So a lot of places I go, people know me and I can tell Ben, I'm just going to sit in the back and smoke a cigar. <laughs> and yep. you get that common courtesy. <clears throat> you get someone may come back and say, hey, I, I know you and shake your hand and keep on going. So you can really enjoy yourself here. And uh, Ben and Lily have done a great job of doing that. Everybody feels welcome when they come through the door. Love it. Absolutely love it. Guys, next week on our show, we're doing our first ever Añejo Tequila Blind Taste Test. That's good. And we'll be, be having our tequila expert, Liliana Rodriguez, will be in with us. And our wine expert, Mark Burrell, who's also a big fan of tequila, has been begging to come on this show. And so we said, come on. We love you. Come on. Uh, they're both great guests, but we'll be tasting tequila without knowing what it is and picking our favorites from each group and then picking our overall favorites uh, at the end of the show. So we're getting warmed up for that today with another Añejo tequila. If you guys want to help us uh, taste this, that'd be awesome. This is Pardita. Uh, tequila Pardita, Reserva Tequila Pardita, Añejo. And uh, wow, it's really good. It's silky, it's buttery, it's many many beautiful things have you have you tried this yet i noticed I, I have i noticed the bottleneck was cleared so we didn't have any spillage and you had already taken the plastic off the top so well, there's no like plastic cuts i knew that i knew that we'd be trying this in someone's establishment and there are osha rules and regulations that this man has to follow so this is not a place where i want you getting injured by the plastic right. You're safe. so at home I removed that and then cleared some of the tequila out of the that's neck a, of the that's bottle. That's very kind of you. So that you wouldn't I didn't, have any I didn't bring my chainmail gloves, so I didn't yeah. get the, the uh, <laughs> I little cut from it. <laughs> I appreciate the safety tip. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> look, we're we're very, uh, you know, we're very responsible. That's, you know that's what this, what this tequila is not? Um, super peppery. It's got a little pepper undertone to it, but yes. it's not super peppery up front. It's got a sweetness. That's it's really going to be nice. real vanilla, interesting to me. Lots of vanilla in there. It's going to be real interesting to me. When we try, because this will be one of the ones we have in our taste test next week. Uh, it, when we try it against the other things to see how a tequila like this, you know, competes, how it stands up with the others. Because I will say in in solo, in isolation, it's just really good. Very, very easy to drink. Almost, I'm glad there is a little bit of a heat to it. That yeah, there's a little of, heat that happens. Because otherwise it would be almost a little too easy to right, drink, right. if you know what I mean. You know? <laughs> the yeah, the vanilla notes are very nice. I'm picking those up yeah, right off the bat. Yeah. And I so love vanilla. I love a spirit that has vanilla notes when I'm enjoying a cigar. It seems to be the the one note, whether it's a, a, a rye whiskey or a mm -hmm. rum or tequila, mm -hmm. if it's got that vanilla note to it, it feels like it just um, marries better with the cigar. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's one of the most compatible notes. Ian, your overall thought? Agreed. I, I think it's great. The nose on this is very earthy, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you get a little of the vanilla on the nose. Uh, and the obvious tequila uh, and agave... Um, thing going on but it's got a very earthiness to it and the aftertaste like if you wait just past the heat and everything else the aftertaste also has kind of a very mineral and earthy kind of thing it's going about on. a 45 dollar bottle and it's really worth it uh we're gonna take a break and return thank you for letting us do our show All here right, today this has been great fun we are live at the uh, cigar exchange katie texas it's smoking and toasting we'll be right back Back, it is smoking and toasting. We're live at the Cigar Exchange, and we have exchanged some cigars here, which is a good <laughs> thing. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, Ian, I've got a uh, 
uh, uh, uh, uh, CI alternative that I'll exchange you for an Andalusian bull. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me think about that for okay. a minute. Okay. Uh, one of the things we promised to do on today's show, interesting article that I ran across from Pace Magazine uh, that proposes alternatives to some of the really trendy, hard-to-find, and expensive bourbons that are out there. So I thought we'd run through this, Ian. I know you're uh, something of an aficionado when it comes to uh, whiskey, so uh, well, you, you know, I, I you practice. Feel feel free to join I, in. I practice whiskey at home <laughs> when I can. Um, the uh, the W L Weller is a, uh, a a pretty popular, sometimes difficult to find. Uh, uh, the Weller Twelve Year. I'm uh, sad that yeah. that became popular because that yeah. used to be on my shelf all the time. You could grab it. Yep, and it was inexpensive. Uh, I'm sad. It, it's the same weeded bourbon mash bill as. Buffalo Trace's Pappy Van Winkle. And you know how expensive Pappy is. Right. So that's that's a big deal. Well, uh, the article here suggests the alternative is Larceny. Uh, uh, larceny whiskey. We've tried Larceny. Uh, yeah, and, and it's really quite good. Yeah. Uh, what they've tried to do is go for a really similar taste flavor profile on these. So it's kind of interesting. And you can read this whole article at, uh, at pastemagazine.com if you want to, because I think it's very interesting. Uh, the second one they talk is an alternative to Pappy Van Winkle, which we just mentioned, which okay. Pappy can run hundreds of dollars. And on a on. secondary, it can get outrageous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they say as an alternative, try a Maker's Mark private selection. Those are great. And I think they're spot on. Those I've got great, several yeah. Maker's Mark private selections in my bar, and I kind of almost save them for special occasions. They're so good. Yeah. You know? Uh, they're, they're just really a, a good alternative, and... You know, you can grab the regular Maker's Mark cast strength for around 50 bucks, but if you drop an extra 10, you yeah. can go into this private or the selection. Maker's series. 46, which is good. Yeah. And got it, lots well, of great oh, I love the Maker's 46. Yeah. Uh, Booker's is a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Booker's. I love the Little Book series. The Little those Book are series just is so good. Fantastic. Their alternative to that, because those can be hard to find and expensive, their alternative is Knob Creek, the single barrel select. Yeah, Knob Creek's great. That, that's a really, really good. Uh, and you can get uh, you can get the uh, the combat size bottle of that for uh, yeah. Ooh, I don't know, forty bucks. Uh, now you know, uh, Ian, the old Forester birthday bourbon, the one in the big fat round yeah. bottle. Uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful bourbon little bit expensive you know it's almost as good and less cheap uh, or, or less cheap less, less expensive a, less thank expensive. you is the old forester 1920 prohibition 100 percent. it's a great it's, alternative and it's not going to set you back um what's about 60 bucks yeah the, all yeah. the all the whole old forester line is fantastic yeah now one that i uh remember trying you know years ago when it was all the rage it's a little easier to get now but not that easy is glenn's yeah, good luck finding that. Yeah, Blanton's. I've, I've seen it on the shelf a few times. Yeah. But what the article suggests as an alternative, it's just a bottle of the regular Buffalo Trace. Yeah, Buffalo Trace yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a, a very similar mash bill. And, uh, it, you know, Blanton's prices have gotten outrageous, yeah. especially on the secondary market. So uh, the Willett Family Estate Bottled Bourbon. I don't know if you had this one, Ian. But they say wild turkey rare breed is the right. Oh, wild uh, turkey's outrageously yeah, good. Yeah, yeah wild it, turkey all day. And the George T. Stag, uh, a pretty expensive uh, bourbon. It it's a they say it's a knock knock your socks off fifteen year aged uh, bourbon. But you know what's just as good? Elijah Craig barrel proof. Elijah Craig you barrel proof cannot is, go and wrong. You can find it. Yes. And finally, Kentucky Owl bourbon. Uh, and I have not had that, so I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but. They're recommending the Bellmead Cask Strength Reserve. Bellmead's great too. Like yeah. th- those are those are solid recommendations yeah. for my knowledge. Oh, and one more Elmer T. Lee, which is a little pricey, 
the uh, Russell's Reserve single barrel. Nice. That yeah. is a really nice. Russell's Reserve is becoming one of those a little harder to find too. Yeah. Oh, that's, I have a full bottle of that in my yeah. bar. You need to come over. We need to. <laughs> we need to drink. We're smoking a toasting, and uh, coming up in our next segment, the single most popular uh, feature on this program is a little something called drinking news. We'll have it for you when we come back. Awesome. Beginning. Welcome back. You are watching and or listening to Smoking and Toasting, show number 324. And by the way, I want to mention that when we get to show number 333, which will happen on June 19th, uh, we are inviting, it's going to be our sec- big second big anniversary show. We did the first one at show number 100. At 200, we were right in the middle of lockdown. And so we didn't get to do an anniversary show. So we decided we'd wait and do it at 300. 300 came along and we thought, you know, let's just go a little farther. So we're going to show number 333. And we're throwing our second big anniversary party. And everyone who's ever been a guest on the show is invited. It's going to be ridiculous. We're going to do it downtown, outside on the eighth floor uh, balcony of my uh, building. We've got a big space there. We'll have tables set up. We'll have food. And everybody's invited to bring their cigars, their spirits, their beers, We'll share, we'll pass them around, we'll pass the mics around, and I will do my very best to hit the time cues for broadcast, because it's going <laughs> to be out of control. We did uh, our, our 100th show, the show went on for over four hours. So wow. this one will likely go on once the radio portion of it has uh, completed, and we'll just keep doing it all as a bonus segment on the podcast. But anyway, you guys are both invited. We'll make sure we get all your information uh, before we leave here, so we'll... Uh, so we'll be able to invite you. Come on down, enjoy some food and drinks, and Uber is recommended. Thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what has emerged over the past couple of years is that this very segment has become the most popular segment on the program. It's a little something we like to call drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. All right, a reminder for those who are new to the program and new to drinking news, this is the segment where we bring you a true story, something that happened in the world. And we say it's true. It's true to the very best of our ability and knowledge. In other words, we don't get it from parody sites like The Onion. This was reported somewhere on some television station or in some newspaper that would be considered, you know, a mainstream yeah, uh, news, news source. Yeah. Right. So these are stories that are often, but not always, about drinking. But they are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And we've had tequila and beers. We have another beer, a double IPA on the way. So hopefully we're in a good place now to receive today's drinking news. All of us at one time or another have experienced the frustration of being denied something that we believe we were promised. You know, maybe it's a tire shop that's offering tires on sale at half price, except when you get there, you discover that the tires for your car aren't included, and your tires, of course, or are outrageously expensive. Buy four and you get the other two free. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it's an online site that advertises free shipping, except 
you don't find out until you're placing your order that in order to get the free shipping and qualify for it, you got to spend $500 to qualify, and you were ordering condoms, and you should be so lucky as to need that many. Or maybe you're just looking for a free cookie. A free cookie that you're supposed to get if an employee doesn't ask you about the restaurant's rewards plan, like they're apparently supposed to do, and you're now being denied said cookie. It happens. In fact, that's exactly what happened when a Florida woman, <laughs> you usually give us a little uh, flourish. Yeah, a little stinger. Uh, so, so we'll go back and we'll do that again. Ready? That's exactly what happened when a Florida woman. It's always Florida. Always. <laughs> a Florida woman named Amari Hendricks truly believed that she was owed a cookie by a McDonald's in Altamonte Springs. Hendricks was, was in cookie. her car in the drive-thru. When McDonald's employees apparently did not immediately ask her about the rewards program. And, you know, she, like, immediately demanded her cookie right here. Oh, she, right was, she was waiting for it, yeah. huh? When they protested, Hendricks became irate and started arguing loudly with the employees and eventually with the manager. And they finally gave her this cookie that she seemed to want so badly. But she was still really upset. So then she did what anyone would do. Well, maybe not anyone. She pulled out a gun, inserted a magazine, and racked the slide. Because <laughs> she pulled out a gun, inserted a that that's not like that's not like I just have a handgun in my pocket. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so she pulls it out just like, you know, Kiefer Sutherland on 24, racks the slide, and uh, and uh, because of course she did. Because cookie. Because. That she already got. Florida. <laughs> According to the arrest documents, and yes, there were arrests. No, of course there were. <laughs> uh, the McDonald's manager said she actually heard the Florida woman chamber the round into the firearm. Now, the manager said she feared for her life, so she immediately backed away from the drive through window. But another employee standing in the area said. Says, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me unpackage a few okay, things here. Please do. So by this point in time, she's had the argument. She's already won the argument. She's gotten the cookie. Uh, and yep. she pulls out her gun, which she apparently keeps because she needs a gun yep. in the car. Uh-huh. But then she has... You never know when you're going to be denied a cookie. Then you have to, like, put the magazine, slide the magazine in, yep. and then chamber the round. Right. Like, you would figure if you're carrying around a gun and you're a little that, that loose, you'd already be prepared. Well, right? maybe so, so she's got a little less preparedness going on, and I think well, she... I think that may be true. So this employee, even though the manager backed away, the employee said that they were in the area, standing right there, and they saw Hendricks point the gun through the service window. And this employee says they were momentarily, and I'm quoting here, able to see down the barrel. You have not lived until you've almost died because you're looking down the barrel of a loaded Holy gun. Holy crap. The manager immediately called for the McDonald's to be put on lockdown and uh, began, uh, uh, began to get... Everything set up, but apparently Hendricks was reportedly able to pull her car around and make it on foot in through the front door because an employee apparently didn't lock it properly. So now you got a mistake, right? Oh, this is this is a comedy of errors here. Hendricks grabs the employee by his left arm, forces him out of the business, and then began to strike him multiple times, according to police. It left him with multiple scratches to his face and neck, although he did manage to free himself, according to officers. 
And when the cops arrested her, they found the loaded handgun on the driver's side floorboard of her car. Hendricks says she always kept it with her, but unloaded. And she had no idea how the bullets actually made their way into her gun. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was the bullet fairy or something. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, she did acknowledge that she had it on her person during her physical altercation with this employee. Police say that surveillance footage does show her in the drive-thru waving a gun around in the car. So there was that. She was arrested and charged with two counts of aggregated assault with a deadly weapon and other charges as well. Now listen, I'll admit, McDonald's is a half-decent place to get a cheap hamburger. And I don't know what they do to their fries, but they're pretty much like French fry crack. There is not a fry and fast food that comes close to McDonald's. They're amazing. But let's get real here. Their cookies, meh. Yeah. They're not yeah. really all that great. I mean, sometimes they're even stale, depending on how long they've been sitting in that case on the counter. Definitely not worth going to jail for. And if you're really going to be upset by about something at McDonald's, here's something for you. How about the fact that the freaking ice cream machine is broken again? Because as you probably know, so it's always broken. The, the thing is, those ice cream machines are broken when they install them, yeah. and they occasionally... <laughs> and they occasionally get them to work. Fix them. I think that's right. So the next time you find yourself at the Golden Arches, waving a gun around like the Hamburglar threatening bodily harm to Mayor McCheese, at least make it over something more important than a freaking cookie. I Report mean, even their coffee's mm -hmm. decent. Reporting live from the drive through at McDonald's, where... Oh, damn it. They just asked me about the rewards program. <laughs> No cookie for me. No cookie. My name's Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So, uh, guys, your first... Was this your first... Did we do, were we doing drinking news the last time you were on the show? I don't think we were. I don't think you were. Yeah, so it's it's been one of those things that popped up. So this was your first drinking news. Congratulations. Oh, she enjoyed the cookie in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she even had a chance to eat it. <laughs> well, I mean, like once you have your cookie, the argument's right. over, right? Like, what do you? Barely. Why did she park and go back in? <laughs> That's just she was, you know, she uh, she was just. I know it said her name was like I think Amari, but I bet her middle name was Karen. She had, had to be. She had <laughs> some <laughs> kind of. She had nice. some kind of point to get across. <laughs> it apparently, be, it had to be a Karen. Uh, our show is on location today. We are at the uh, wonderful uh, uh, neighborhood cigar lounge and humidor at Cigar Exchange in Katy, Texas. Uh, uh, are you from Katy? Was this uh, the reason you decided to, uh, is this where you live and so you wanted to uh, put a neighborhood cigar place together or did you did you pick this as a, an optimal location and, and you drive here from somewhere else? No, we actually moved out to Brookshire, which is okay. right outside of Katy, about, mm -hmm. we built about two years ago. And when I moved out here, it wasn't a nice cigar lounge that I, we can go and sit and have a good environment. So you feel the need. I feel the need. That that may have something to do with the fact that you've been as successful as you have in, yeah. in a fairly short yeah. amount of time. Correct. That and the quality of the cigars. In the yeah. Correct. And yeah. the environment. And the environment. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It sounds like it would be an easy thing to, to do. Trust me, it's not. No. It, you guys, it's just you and your wife here, right? You're just you're doing this whole shop yourself for the last year and a half. That is correct. That's that's a lot of work. That is correct. Open yeah. eleven to nine every day. Eleven to nine every day. Sundays twelve to five. Okay. Ian, it reminds me of when you and I did the show in Los Angeles at the uh, Beverly Hills Cigar Lounge. I mentioned that story yeah. to him. Right. 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 That, that's the way they get around. There, there are so many rules and regulations mm -hmm. in uh, California, particularly in Beverly Hills, 
that uh, the way they get around being able to have a cigar lounge is they don't have any employees. It's just the owner and his wife Correct. keeping the shop. And uh, they wow. put a shop. Because you couldn't subject an unsuspecting person who wanted to work at a cigar shop right. to, cigar to cigar smoke. smoke. Yeah. An adult, right? <laughs> I'll, yeah, right? I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it. Uh, Ian, you have poured us a double IPA from Drecker. We've had Drecker's uh, beers on the show before, but it has been quite a while. And I'm looking at it, and it almost looks more like orange juice uh, then beer. It is what you, what double and hazy. Yeah, it is very hazy. It is actually called Blacklight Syndicate, which sounds like a metal band. But <laughs> the, the cover of it looks like a metal mm-hmm. band thing, right? Yeah, you've got the uh, you've got the uh, flaming skull there. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on it, Ian? I know I'm the IPA guy, so I'm always going to taste something like this and go, "Oh yeah, that's that's kind of up my alley." So I think this is overbalanced. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a little sweetness at the beginning. It's really bitter at the end, if you ask me. I think they I think they counteract each Interestingly other. Interestingly enough, uh, after the bitter goes away, there's a little sweetness that lingers, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's drinkable. I I, I think there's a uh, I had a double IPA from St. Arnold yesterday, mm-hmm. and that is very balanced, but it's also not hazy. So I don't know if that's a one to one kind well, of. thing. I would say because I've had a number of doubles that are hazy and to me this one avoids that kind of uh you know i i, I kind of like boozy and if this, you're talking this with looks a stout. Like it's this, got, this doesn't this doesn't feel boozy to this me this looks at all. like it has pulp in it oh it might <laughs> it does though it looks like it's got pulp floating in there. <laughs> that's pretty awesome that's kind of like when i make those vodka gimlets there's always a little of the lime pulp yeah. in there um uh no I, I actually really like this to me this is this is balanced, but then my palate's different for IPAs than, than yours is. So yeah, what, do you, what is, do you guys think? Tastes like it's got pineapple in it. Oh, it really does. It's got all kinds of tropical fruit uh, notes floating around in there with the pulp. I like it. Yeah. What about you? It tastes good. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not a beer guy, so I, I really yeah. couldn't give you much on that. I yeah. I mean, that's why we brought you in the, if, if, the if tequila it, section. If it was tequila, <laughs> bourbon, scotch, I'm in there. You. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Uh, I think this is good. It comes in the 16-ounce cans. Um, you, This is one you would seek out. I, I actually would. I would. Yeah, I probably this. wouldn't seek it out. It, it's, yeah. it's nice enough, but uh, I don't I don't know that I'd go buy another six-pack of it. Like a backyard barbecue. I, I could tear up a few of these. <laughs> if you're having one, I want an invite. Cause, you uh, got that, it. That sounds, that sounds good. All right. While we're talking beers, let's talk tap rooms. If you're a beer fan, you've got your favorites. Uh, and uh, I know I have my favorites here in our town and some favorites that I've enjoyed when I've visited from, uh, from other cities. But a uh, research outfit called Study Finds, named after, I guess, the expression, the Study Finds, um, they uh, did a survey, did their research apparently. And again, all of these are just someone's opinion. But I think it makes for interesting conversation. Oh, I'm finding out we're uh, uh, we're almost out of time for this segment. So I'll start this. We'll finish it up in our last segment. They picked five that they thought were the five best in, in the, the United entire States. entire United States. Yep. Uh, the first one is in Colorado, New Belgium Brewing Company, their tap room in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, I do love New Belgium's beers. In uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, they picked City Built Brewing Company. Huh. City Built Brewing Company, and I'm not familiar with them. I am familiar with the brewery in Austin, Texas, called Jester King, 
They're picking Jester oh, yeah. King's tap room as uh, number three. I would have thought list. maybe Celis too. Have you been there? It's I love beautiful, Celis. beautiful and tap room. What is the uh, uh, something Austin Beer Garden? You know what I'm talking about? South Austin. South Beer Austin Garden. Beer Garden. Yeah, yeah. That place yeah, yeah. is an amazing yeah. tap room. Uh, number four on the list: Dogfish Head Brewery uh, in Milton, uh, Delaware. And the fifth one is one I'm not familiar with. It's Pure Project. Uh, started by a California couple, and it is in California. So we'll talk about those a little bit. Maybe you can tell me what your favorites are when we come back. Plus, we have one more beer to try, and we want to wrap up our show. Guys, thank you so much for being uh, for allowing us to be here uh, today. And Darnell, big thumbs up on the cigar. Thank you, guys. It's I fabulous. appreciate you. All right, we'll be right back to wrap this up. It's Smoky Show. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, our uh, 324th show live with Emperor's Cut Cigars at the Cigar Exchange in Katy, Texas. And by the way, while Ian's pouring our final beer, I just want to mention today, Saturday, the 22nd of April, is Record Store Day in the United States of America. And I think they celebrate it in Canada, too. So if you're somebody that loves going into the record store, finding a good old vinyl from somewhere, taking it back and playing it on your turntable. Uh, it's it's a day to celebrate the mom and pop little record stores. Because, guys, that's awesome. all that's left. The big chains are yeah, gone. Right. Yeah. Gone. But right. it's these great little shops around. And I just wanted to recommend, if you're uh, looking for a good beer to enjoy with your uh, record store day celebration, there's a number of great uh, beers out there. And for that matter, there's some spirits, too. We talked about Metallica's blackened uh, whiskey earlier. Uh, uh, there's some great spirits out there and some great beers that are affiliated with an artist or a singer or performer. One of my absolute all-time favorites is Dogfish Heads, Moonpools, and Caterpillars, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which they did with the band The Flaming Lips. Yeah. That is a wonderful, weird, great beer. So yeah. I recommend and, you. And a great band, yeah. too. Yeah, and a great band, yeah. So, yeah, if you've got a, a favorite singer that's involved, and there's so many artists that are doing, like, tequilas now and, and, and mm, different things, yes. it's, it's, uh, it's really worth trying some of them because, quite frankly, some of them are very good. Not all of them, not all of them. are Conor McGregor's uh, uh, whiskey. <laughs> that That's not too I good. I told you a buddy of mine had a, had a bottle of that, and he's yeah. like, here, you want to try it? I was like, I don't know, man. I've heard bad things. And I couldn't <laughs> stop finding things wrong with it. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, was like, nice. it was like staring at a car wreck, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, thank you for uh, being here today, for letting us do this show. Uh, Darnell, this cigar is a winner. Thank you, sir. It's absolutely wonderful. And I... Uh, I I can't recommend it more highly. I think we may have asked you this off air, but what is the retail price for this if people find it in the shop? It typically sells for about $13 at the retail level. Yeah, it's uh, totally worth it. Absolutely. Very is. much worth it. Absolutely. It's, is. it's, it's totally worth it. And yeah. if you are anywhere near the KD area, this is a shop you should try. I mean, there's there's great cigar shops and cigar lounges everywhere, but the feel and the vibe of this place is just it's right. It's great. And it's easy on off easy on freeway. Easy on off yeah. freeway. And the uh, the humidor, you will find something wonderful. Keep in, in mind area. for all you beer drinkers, too. You can stop here and get cigars, have a cigar, and then you can go just a mile or so down the road to No Label and have cigars oh, on their patio. Great and great beers, too. That there. is correct. Yeah, that is correct. absolutely do. Um, Ian, our last one, uh, our last beer is one I've been really excited for you to try because I've had this one, and the first thought I had when I took the first sip was, Ian is now this is my speed. This beer, All right. yeah. This is the type of beer it's, I it's absolutely love. From Martin House in Fort Worth, and, Texas. And I've already been doing some research, and I absolutely love this yeah, beer. I'm glad you. I'm glad you 
have that commitment to doing the research. It's one of the things I well, you know, respect about you. I want to make sure that like my my um, my thoughts and mm-hmm. all that are uh, very informed. This is a smoked pecan and vanilla stout coming in at 10% alcohol. And it is just so wonderful on the, the palate. The smokiness is interesting because the smokiness doesn't hit you in the face. Mm-hmm. But like if you take a sip and you do a retro hair where you just breathe gently out of your nose, you get that smoky kind of pecan mm-hmm. thing. And the pecan is a little more like the pecan shell. It's got a little astringency mm-hmm. to it. It's but the vanilla really balances the that astringency so perfectly. I mean, you were mentioning barbecue with the IPA. This would go great oh, with barbecue, too. <laughs> yes, this, this is, is awesome. Just, I mean, think about some brisket. You know, cooking this up or yes. smoked chicken. Or, oh, oh yeah, man. It's really, it's really refreshing, though. It, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, not all stouts are, can really be described as refreshing. Right. They right. may be delicious, but they yeah. are. you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, yeah, that's refreshing. This one is both delicious and refreshing. Did you say it's 10%? 10%, right? yeah. So yeah. it's coming in pretty big. Doesn't feel all that boozy, though. No. Yeah. That's it, quite good. It's, and it doesn't have a it doesn't have a heavy mouthfeel either. Yeah. Like uh, it looks in a glass a little heavier than it tastes too. Like you Martin said, House, it's almost more refreshing than it is, you know, big and boozy kind of thing. These guys at Martin House have got it going on. In fact, I do think we need to road trip to Martin House. You've actually been there before. You I have, right? I have. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty pretty wonderful uh, brewery, and they deserve your support. Big Country is the name of the beer. We suggest you try it. The Emperor's Cut. Uh, uh, the red. I'm sorry. I want to make sure I say it right. The red, uh, red tail tail series. Beautiful box. Great cigar, gentlemen. Thank, thank you, you so much for thank hosting you. us today. Thank you for we being appreciate here. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Smoking and toasting is uh, produced and uh, and recorded most of the time, at least in Houston, Texas. My co-host is uh, Ian Barry. Uh, Keegan has been wonderful to step in and uh, be behind the scenes for us engineering today because our regular engineer is out. He's not feeling well. Thanks to Adam in the cloud, Mary who books the show. My name is Cruz. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with a blind taste test of Añejo That's going to be so fun. And you can see if we make it through the entire show. <laughs> Have a good week, my friends, and thank you for watching and listening. And until we uh, see you uh, again next week, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>